Hi guys, we're back at it again. Um, tonight is a little bit funnier session than the last time, even though we have a much more serious topic to discuss. But um, it's currently three in the morning. We've been in the studio. How long now? We got here at like 10.30, I think. I don't know, do the math. <laughs> Anyways, it's been a fun night. We did some other stuff um, other than recording more serious matters for um, this. But um, I'm putting my serious face on now, guys. So pull yourself together. I don't care if you're drinking or not. <laughs> Anyways, I hope everyone that's listening is fine. I hope the last episode was um, interesting to listen to. I already received some feedback, which I do very much appreciate and i'm very grateful for all the listeners out there it is very 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 appreciated tonight or today for this episode i want to talk about my section fakura i already mentioned in the last episode the first episode what the sections are for but if you kind of forgot let me remind you Each section represents something else, while the first section that I read last time, Geborgenheit, is more about matters of the heart, feelings and emotions and all that, you know, all the irrational stuff. Um, Fakara is more my rational side or, you know, just a section um, that I created for more serious topics. I wanted to kind of deliver some knowledge about things and have open conversations about um, stuff that, you know, are not maybe necessarily about feelings. But because this edition is about matters of the heart, obviously I had to make Fakara quite similar to Kabanghaid, which I didn't mind, to be honest. I just wanted the reader, you know, to come closer to what I represent the most with all of my writings, which is (laughs) absolute openness. And I just thought, you know, if I'm going to put out a magazine, the first edition has to be about emotional openness because that's all I represent with my writings. Obviously, next um, editions of the magazines are going to cover different topics. I'm already in, in the making of the next edition and I can already give a hint saying that it's political. But um, the section like the sections will still remain the same. They will still represent the same things. But as I said, Fakara for this time is also about, you know, feelings and, and all that. All that stuff that gets us feeling some sort of way, you know. So I have Ali and Zeynep and Daniel in the studio. If you have listened to the last episode you may recognize Daniel and Zeynep's voice um all right we get it you're in the studio Daniel <laughs> kind of like marking his spot here um but Ali is gonna be new here he's kind of shy he's shy you want to say hi Ali what up? what up um for those that don't know he's my best friend my soulmate my partner in crime, the person behind a lot of things that I've created, a muse, an inspiration, my motivation. He's blushing. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, you're gonna hear a lot about Ali, or you're gonna see a lot of him if you follow me. So get used to his face and voice, and you should get used to being on the spot, you know, Ali. <laughs> mm -hmm. You should check his stuff out, by the way. Do you want to give your account a shout out? Give your account a shout out. <laughs> he does some artwork. He did the artwork for this podcast as well. So check his stuff out. He's very talented. He's sitting here with his iPad drawing like at three in the morning. And he's really, really freaking talented. So check it out. Honestly, it's worth it. So back to Fakara. I've been asked about the name of this. Because it's a very broad, like, it's a it's a word that has a broad meaning in Arabic. So, fakara means to reflect, to meditate, to contemplate, to consider, to think, or to cause the thing off, to remind. I chose this as the name for this section because it just is what I want to do with this section. I want to have the reader ponder i want the reader to think about things i want the reader to you know question and and you know while they read this section i want them to dive deeper into topics and you know gain some knowledge about things that's my goal with fakara i had to ask a lot of people if if i can use this word if it makes sense and i'm glad people said yeah said yes because it was already in print when i asked around a little bit late but for this edition, I wrote the text, let's talk about it, healing. And when I wrote this, I was confused about a lot of things because I felt like I was moving on from past pain, but I wasn't sure if it was happening well enough yet. And I didn't know how to speak of it. I didn't know how to sit down with people and tell them that I'd been going through this and that and how I was how I was feeling because I wasn't even sure if it was that important to mention I felt like it was the most personal topic to me even putting this into the magazine I feel like I thought about this so much because I wasn't sure if it's okay to talk this openly about me and and what I'm healing from but here it is let me read it first and then we'll get to talking about it so let's talk about it healing I hate a oh look at me I'm miserable talk I'm not I'm not someone who took everything as it came and decided to write her own narrative I've never enjoyed being simply the victim of life life happens to everyone and we all have our little sob stories. Some of us may even have more than one. And all of that is okay, as long as you don't let it destroy you. I let it ruin me before, that I had enough of being a passive role in this funny little universe. I claim this life. It all started with books. I don't know what exactly it was, but I dove into different characters and I felt the strange feeling of what is also called Sonder. It's the realization that others live a life unrelated to yours and their experiences of the very same thing you have is absolutely different from yours, even when you cross paths. I was depressed. 
had anger management issues. I was dealing with trauma of abuse, trying to graduate and make my wish of moving to London to study fashion come true, working to pay my own books for school because my parents couldn't help, studying under incredibly disabling circumstances. I was battling an eating disorder, my acne was horrible, and I was simply insecure and unhappy. That changed with consistent work on my mental health without professional help as that was a topic I was shy to hope open up about to my family. The years leading up to my 20th year of living were so crucial for my growth. I am so thankful for the Asta of those years for learning actual self-love and for understanding the importance of solitude. I had my friends and family around me but I was lonely by choice. I wanted to take some time alone for myself to heal and to get to know me all by myself. Lots of Starbucks visits alone, walks in the city by myself, dinner dates for myself, and even summers that I had sacrificed without a vacation to simply work on myself. These would follow. In addition to that, I was journaling and writing in general. I started doing more art, and all in all, I was feeling my soul thrive bit by bit. I also came to realize the importance of nature and when I started to connect more with the wind, the trees, the bees, the ocean and everything around me, the universe opened up to me so beautifully. I learned how to love myself and how to love life regardless of everything. But did life magically stop challenging me? No. The next challenge was on and it was <laughs> forgiveness and how I was dealing with intense emotions of sadness and anger. On one of my lonely walks in a city, I found the book The Secret Lives of Bees by Sue Mon Kidd. Reading her words taught me forgiveness. And that this angry, fed up and aggressive part of me was the immature child inside of me trying to explode out of this adolescent exterior. And that all I needed to do was to heal that child in me. I would think of her and cry, knowing very well where my anger came from. Maybe this is why I'm mothering and mentoring everyone around me. I feel her pain at times, and I remember how desperate I was for guidance and how that simply wasn't the luxury I had. I used to think my parents were to blame, which kind of applies, but also doesn't because they too just carry what they've been given without their consent, and they too have struggles in life that I now hate to realize they went through. Even looking at the younger me now just makes me tear up because I understand all that followed and I understand all that's still in me and that I work on because I clearly am not a flawless person. But I healed that anger from her and that just created a more loving, caring and sensitive person. I'm even grateful to have been through these struggles and made me the person I am today. After all that healing, I realized life is a constant spiritual journey and we need to be open to learn and grow constantly. Challenges won't disappear and they might even grow bigger or at least feel like that when you're in new territory. But all I can tell you is that as long as you keep your heart clean and trust yourself, the universe and you know the process of life and add a little effort to it, you will make it to wherever you want to make it. My life didn't magically turn perfect. I deal with different problems now. Problems that seem scary to be honest, but I'm happy. And it's so hard for me not to be happy. I'll have sad days and low points, but even then and there, I feel the six-year-old me and the 16-year-old me 
just telling me to keep pushing and to keep trying. This is why everyone feels like they know me, but they don't. This is why I have friends and I'm friends with everyone, but also when you try to find where I belong, you fail to pinpoint. This is why I constantly move between cities and reach for things bigger than me. I don't know all of me yet, but I'm exploring. And I'm happy and proud of the growth, but there is a newly discovered area in my soul that, you know, needs fixing. That's it. And that's my tax for this section. Fuck around. When I wrote this, I had just came back from London. Um, I knew that there was a long summer awaiting me in Vienna. And not gonna lie, I wasn't looking forward to it. I really didn't want to come back to Vienna. I think everyone in the studio right now knows how much I didn't want to come back. But this whole pandemic and everything that's been happening kind of forced me to come to Vienna for the summer. And I was not happy about it. But I knew that whatever happens, shit happens for a reason and I would have to learn from this too so I came back to Vienna and I had to you know stay at home for two weeks and these two weeks man these two weeks they fucking killed me I'm not gonna lie I'm gonna be really frank with y'all right now and this might not be the type of lingo that <laughs> some of you know of me two weeks two weeks I was at home okay two weeks after 100 days of quarantining in London Relax. I'm talking about the weeks in Vienna. You know, I could do weeks anywhere, months even. But two weeks in Vienna, quarantine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, two weeks. These two weeks at home. You have to imagine, I hadn't been back home for like almost a year now. So I hadn't seen my old room, I hadn't seen my old closet and my desk and all these things, right? So I left this whole life behind. And when I left for London, it wasn't just, you know, in the last episode I talked about my ex-relationship. It wasn't just my ex-relationship that I was kind of leaving behind here in the city. It was a lot of other things. It was some shell that I was growing out of and I was happy to leave a whole era behind. So for me, London represents a new era in my life. It represents a new person, you know, a new type of growth. I feel like ever since I moved to London, I kind of grew into something new, you know. So coming back to Vienna, I knew I was going to meet the ghost of me. I was going to meet, so you know. back to Vienna downgraded you No, I wouldn't say downgraded me, but I knew that I would have to face somebody that I... You know, I acted yes. like she didn't exist, you know? What did you say? You had to face your past. Yeah, I had to face my past. And it was a sort of past that I always acted like it didn't exist because I was trying to, like... I acted like I didn't need to remind myself of that time in my life, especially the last two years in Vienna. I was like, mm, you know, whatever. It didn't go well, so I'm just going to act like it never happened. I felt like that was an okay way of dealing with something, but it isn't. If you sweep something under the rug, you know, some someday you will kind of fall down because, you know, whatever you put under the rug is going to grow too big. And, you know, that's not a flat surface. You cannot fucking walk on it. 
but I swept things under a rug. And I acted like if I ignored whatever happened in the past and acted like it never existed, it would never come back to haunt me. And I felt like it, I would be perfectly moving on. It's not the truth. Because whatever you run away from, it will find you because life is a funny way of teaching you things, you know? So I came back to Vienna because I was forced to come back to Vienna. And it was never planned in my schedule. In my head, in my plans, I would never come back, right? So I was like, I'm never going to come back anyways. Like, it, it's okay. Like, I can just ignore whatever I lived through, like, whatever happened. And act like it never happened because I will never be reminded of it. But damn, I was wrong. A pandemic happened. This happened. This happened. And suddenly, shit, I need to come back to Vienna. Welcome back. Welcome back. Exactly. <laughs> I come back and I'm like, oh, it's going to be fine. I enter my home, a place that I hadn't seen for such a long time. <sighs> I came home, I went into the shower, and I cried my eyes out. Everything reminded me of something else. It felt like I was having flashbacks all the time. Everything, plants, dust, pictures, the paint i don't know on the walls oh. everything reminded me of something in the past dust? i'm joking not dust i mean like if dust reminded me of something that would be a little bit concerning but things reminded me of stuff that i lived through and i started to get really depressed these two weeks were terrible because i had to constantly be reminded of what i ran away from everything reminded me of something they, my parents, um, they changed a lot in the house. They threw my bed away. They sold my bookshelf. They put my stuff somewhere else. So I came back and I had my stuff in boxes. And the first thing I did was go through these boxes. Stupid idea, by the way. Went through these boxes. Found letters, pictures, you know, stuff that reminded me of certain people and certain times in my life. And... I realized that there's so much that I haven't healed that I have never, you know, accepted. And it was so overwhelming. I'm going to cry even talking about this right now. I'm getting all emotional when I think about this. And I walked around the house and I remember my parents, they were really concerned about me when I, the, you know, the first days I came back because I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't sleep. I literally would just drink water and coffee. That would be it. And I went through these boxes, got up, went from my old table, you know, my desk, where I would spend so many nights writing and, and studying and working on things that I wanted to reach. And it just reminded me of the fact that I've always been a hardworking person. And I never realized this. And I was so harsh on myself. I always felt like I wasn't doing enough in my life. And I'm crying and I'm really sorry. <laughs> I never gave myself credit for the hard work that I put out there. And I always acted like I was supposed to be harsh to myself, that I was supposed to be mean to myself and, you know, like ignore feelings, ignore emotions and just swallow things and just ignore things, you know, bottle them up. And I didn't realize that I was hurting myself all this time, that I was so harsh to myself, that I never said... Asli, you did this, you know, you made it and you never said this to yourself. You never said you made the dream you've always had become true. I never gave myself credit for anything. 
but I saw that stupid table that I bought when I was 15 in the corner of the living room with all of my books. And it just reminded me of the fact that I was 15 once. And I was writing down about, you know, wanting to move to London, wanting to study fashion, wanting to be independent in life, wanting to do things that I truly cared about. And back then I was doing none of it. And I thought all of that would be impossible. I never thought that I would be able to do things. I would be able to, you know, one day have someone tattoo my fucking signature on their arm, you know, make it there. And I was reminded of this in these two, two weeks at home. And I realized how harsh I am to myself and how I have never given myself the love that I deserve, you know. That's when I wrote this text. I sat down, I was on my bed, and I finally had, had my first meal. I had been starving for like six, seven days. My first week I had no, no food at all. I had my first meal. I'm not gonna lie, I actually vomited after it because like when you don't eat and then you suddenly eat, it's a terrible idea, so please eat. <laughs> Whoever is listening to this, don't starve yourself. <laughs> But I had my first meal, vomited, and then, <laughs> then sat on my bed and wrote this text. And I thought of how I would be speaking to myself if, you know, the six-year-old me would be sitting in front of me. Because I was journaling back then as well. And I would write about my favorite celebrities, and I would write about wanting to one day have my words, you know, coded by people. And I would want that as, as a kid. That was my wish. I wanted to write and I wanted people to read what I wrote and I wanted them to repeat what I would say, you know, like celebrate what I would say. I wanted my words out there. I wanted to be heard as a child because I was always, you know, afraid of speaking up. I was afraid of letting people know what I would feel. I was a very introverted kid and I wouldn't speak about things. Now, I'm the complete opposite. I'm exactly what six-year-old, seven-year-old, you know, 10-year-old, 16-year-old me had in her head. I've always been daydreaming all my life. I would like, and I still do that, not gonna lie, not gonna lie, seriously, in the shower, when I do my hair, when I get ready, like when, before I go to bed, I have scenarios in my head like I imagine where I want to be, what I want to do. I visualize things and I've been doing this since I've been a kid. So when you see me zoning out, it's probably me imagining stuff that I want to do and you know want to have in my life. And I would do that as a kid and I would I would imagine, you know, being a confident woman. I would imagine being a woman that is liked by others and you know that has a good influence on others. And I finally realized that I came to that point where I can say that I fulfilled part of, you know, the wishes that I had when I was a kid. And I never, never, never had this conversation with the past me, you know, the, the child in me. And I never told her, hey, you know, you were, you, you worked hard. You made it here. Give yourself some credit. Relax, you know. And when I did that, something made click in me. I don't know. I suddenly let go 
every sort of anger and resentment and all that that I had in me. And I just accepted things. I'm sorry. That was really emotional. I'm I'm really sorry. Jesus. So there are people that I didn't want to cry in front of. Thank you. That truly means so much to me. Um, expressing your emotions. And um, we talked about this before today. Um, how everything is supposed to be ha happening yeah. like it is. And um, I think you coming back to Vienna that soon was also like it was supposed to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm proud of you for facing your fears, your <laughs> past, and <laughs> going you. through stuff that reminded you of everything that happened to you here. And yeah, I think Thank you're you. on the right path. Thank you. I honestly woke up this morning and I felt it too. I honestly did. Because these past weeks with the release of this magazine and with all the feedback that I received has shown me so much. It showed me that, you know, this is my path. This is something that I was meant to do all this time and I'm doing it and it feels so good. It feels so right. Have you ever done something that just felt so right in your soul? So right in my soul, honestly? I sleep better. <laughs> I, like, even if I miss out on sleep or kind of like work too much or run around, I'm happy. And that's something that I don't want to lose. I really don't want to lose this feeling. I want to have this all my life. And I want others to feel this way too. And if people can sit with me or, you know, message me on Instagram or email, I'm receiving emails about this as well, which is really cool. And if people come to me and say that I've changed this about them and that I've helped them with this and that, it makes me feel even better about what I do. Because this is exactly what I want to do. Fuck money, fuck fame, especially fame. I'm not about that. I want people to feel good with what I put out there. I want this to be like medicine to some somebody out there, you know. If I'm somebody's help, you know, to stay alive or to be happy, I've reached everything in life. That's all I want. That's all I want. And that's about it. We're actually, like, almost running out of time with this podcast as well. It's a very um, emotional one, too. Anything anyone want to add here before we end this? Ali's getting shy, but he's giving me such a look right now. And even while I'm talking about it, I don't know. It's really good that you're here. I'm, I probably wouldn't be this comfortable if Ali wasn't in the room because he is he has been through these things with me and he's been there with me through these things. And I really appreciate it. And I wish everyone a friend like him, honestly. Oh, <laughs> no, seriously. Even while I was talking about it, I just had to always look at you to feel a little bit calm about talking about it. So thank you. Thank you for the presence you give. Thank you. And, you know, people people say things like, oh, Ashley, it's so strong of you to, like, be able to open up and speak about things. And I just really want to say, and that's probably a shout-out too, that I have such great people around me that have made 
these things happen. I always felt welcome speaking about emotions. It's not just Ali, it's Zainab, it's Daniel, it's Nabil, it's Alex, it's my sister Nasa, it's Melissa, it's Melikia. I said Daniel. <laughs> and so many others, Mary, oh my God, so many others. I could think of a thousand names right now, Precious, Owen. I could name so many people, honestly, all of you out there. I appreciate it. Thank you for making me feel so comfortable. Thank you for letting me be myself. And thank you. So with this being said, and with this being read, <laughs> I'm going to say bye. And till next time. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>